When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. I know too much about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I do too much research for this show. If that makes you feel overwhelmed, don't worry, because someone who doesn't care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and doesn't do any research is here with me, as always, Kristen Stutter. Hi, it's me. I just remembered who we're talking about tonight, literally five minutes before the show started. Very good. Nailed it. And you might say, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's bring in our guest. Very excited to have him. Uh, he has been working in radio for over 30 years. You might know him as a television personality, most specifically 120. 20 minutes that's probably how you and i know him certainly is uh he's also a, a rock and roll hall of fame voter so he gets a ballot, <gasps> a ballot. so we're very excited yeah. to have him here matt pinfield hey good to see you guys hello matt, Chris, thank you how are you i'm very excited that you're here it's like your uh your presence loomed large for me uh on uh mtv it's very cool that yeah. you are here well let me ask you then do you remember when you first heard about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do you remember when it started? I do remember. Um, you know, I, I obviously it was years before they kind of included me in the, you know, in the, they, when they started looking a, a little bit younger than I think some of the other people that were there. Right. Um, yeah, I do remember first hearing about it. And uh, it's interesting when I finally was asked, it was about if I wanted to vote, vote on it. Mm -hmm. And it turned out some of the people that worked there were big fans of mine and also loved 120 Minutes. So they brought me in there in 2008 to speak at the Rock Hall. At the museum. So, yeah, at the museum. So oh. I went in the Rock Hall and, you know, they showed clips of like 120 Minutes with me and Lou Reed and, you know, me. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, it was fair or something. You know, it was just, it was very interesting. So I got to go there and speak and it was cool because people had driven as far as from Kansas and some of these other places oh, wow. to go to Ohio, to Cleveland. And I, you know, I was honored to be there. So was it af after your involvement at the museum, was that when you suddenly got a ballot? Yeah, I got a ballot. Um, yeah, I started getting ballots around that time. Um, you know, I'm not on the actual committee who nominates, which is something yeah. that I think I should be. But I mean, you know, I know Dave Grohl is and uh, Tom Morello. Mm -hmm. and, um, but I, I know that it's been suggested that at some point, they bring me in to do that because they, but I, I was happier with this year's nominees than I've been in, you know, like, I mean, if, you know, there's always somebody I like, but I mean, there's, I just looked down the ballot and, and immediately went Soundgarden, T-Rex, Thin Lizzy, because um, I love Soundgarden. You know, I was very close to Chris Cornell, but I love mm -hmm. the band. Even before he and I became friends, I thought they were really, yeah. they're, the thing that was cool about Soundgarden was they, uh, 
I mean, all those changes in time signatures, his incredible voice. I mean, they uh, they were definitely marching to their own drummer. And then, of course, when the Nirvana bulldozer came along, it, you know, it made made it easier for those guys. But, yeah, um, so they could be part of the movement. Yeah, right? yeah. But um, And they were always suspect of that. You know what I mean? I mean, those guys were... Which is cool because a lot of those bands, that's why when they saw like a short, bold guy come on TV who was actually really loved music and wasn't um, a talking head nor nor a pretty boy. Dare I say um, it wasn't a sellout? Yeah. I mean, it's, they a, were it's, like, some, it's some real Gen X crud right there yeah. you know, to be like, you know, <laughs> I'm in it for the love of the game. I truly yeah. like music. Yeah. I'm not here to put on airs. I'm here to play. From my next acting career exactly. job. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was very grateful that I that I had that opportunity. But those people could see through that, and I think that's why I had relationships with those bands. So Soundgarden, of course, right away, mm-hmm. I was close to Chris, and that was that was really heartbreaking. Uh, I, I was devastated by by his death. And um, you know, T Rex, I've always loved. Like T Rex was this thing where you know, when I was a kid, there was you know, when he still had eight tracks, and I wasn't a big eight track guy. I was more like cassettes and vinyl mm-hmm. before CDs. Yeah. But um, I found this. T-Rex greatest hits uh, eight track from England for like three dollars. Yeah, in like some like bargain uh-huh. bin, but just ended up there probably in some somehow ended up in, in imported there. And I remember painting my grandmother's house on my brother and playing T-Rex over and over and going and, lo- and learning and loving this stuff. And there were two really incredible albums, Electric Warrior and The Slider, that came out here in America, which were our two best uh, studio albums, mm-hmm. uh, complete studio albums as opposed to compilations and. So when he got nominated this year, it was Mark Boland. I was very excited about that. I, he's so influential. Yeah. I mean, the Black Keys, who I saw last night, the form, Gold on the Ceiling, sounds like a T-Rex song. I might yeah. have the yeah. beat of a guy, you know? I, I so, thought that 20th Century Boy, you listen to that song, the T-Rex yeah. song, yeah. it yeah. sounds like it could be a Black Keys record. Yeah, it yeah. is. You know, back in the day, we used to pull this shit on 120 minutes where we didn't, none of the bosses knew this. When I would do that thing at the end where I'd go, hey, if you don't know this band, you should check them out. And then maybe it'd be Ramones. Um, and for like towards the later years, maybe it'd be the Pixies for people when they, after Frank went solo. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd tell people to go back and listen to Surfer Rose and Doolittle, or mm-hmm. I'd tell them to go back and listen to Slider and Electric Warrior. So Mark Boland's son, uh, son called me and left me, you know, called me at MTV. Oh, really? And said, I just want to thank you for doing that thing for, about my dad, which was really oh, cool. Oh, wow. That's so cool. You know, so um, that was great. And, you know, nobody, we did that shit and we just would roll a video of a band and we would never, we'd never ever tell anybody. We, it was just something we added to the show mm-hmm. that we did every night because nobody was staying up late enough that worked there. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so we were can, like, so if, and people loved it because it was like them, you you know, here's an artist you should know about. That's you know? so cool. It's true, so I love T-Rex and Thin Lizzy is another one, uh, band I love because it's really interesting. I discovered Thin Lizzy, like I had, a, my sister-in-law worked at this record store that was called Corvettes, it's on the East Coast. Um, it's EJ Corvette stood for eight Jewish Korean veterans and it was like a, a department what? store. Yes. <laughs> EJ Corvettes. We were like, what is it? Yeah. We don't know, but we found that out later. <laughs> Insane. So like, you know, it was, it was like a department store, you know, like a Grants or Woolworths or something like that. But my sister-in-law, my brother's that is wife. really just not how I thought yeah. that was going to be spelled. Yeah. Like that that's not what I thought. I, yeah. You could not have said something more just out of left field. I was like, wait, wait, isn't, that, isn't that crazy? Like yeah, we found really, that out later. I just thought it was. Because it was spelled EJ. 
Yeah, and then Corvettes was spelled like Cor, and then Vets like a Corvette. Yeah. So it was yeah. like, yeah. you know, and so. And was it Cor, K-O-R? It like was K-O-R, like Korea, and then I mean, Vets. Well. It was like, so we never knew what the hell it meant, you know, when we were kids growing up. But yeah. it was a very important record store because, you know, my sister-in-law would bring home, they get these in-store samplers. So Thin Lizzy was on one way before Boys Are Back in Town, a few years before that, or any of their hits. That, that their main American hit, and mm-hmm. then Jailbreak, of course, is known here. But, you know, in England, uh, they were... In the UK, they were a very, very popular band. They had tons of hits. And it, I, I loved Phil Linnett. I thought that he was very such an interesting guy. And I loved that back in the um, early 2000s, they put him on the back of Vibe magazine, just saying, because Phil was a half black, half white guy, mm-hmm. and would, you know who looked more like his father, who was a merchant marine, right. who uh, was black, his mom was an Irish woman. And mm-hmm. you can imagine what he went through growing up in the streets of Dublin, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid. But he loved music and... Um, what people don't realize about him was what a really great songwriter he was. They think of more like, you know, like Boys Are Back in Town or Jailbreak being more like, you know, Party hard songs, rock metal yeah. and, or cock rock mm. people want to yeah, call it, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Definitely. But he wrote these really beautiful songs and was very much a romantic and, and um, it was it was incredibly talented guy. And there's a lot of people out there that really love him. Over the years, like from Billy Corgan to Henry Rollins, you know, we would have these long conversations about how great Phil was. Um, so years ago, I went to Ireland in 1992 for the first time. I was brought over there. You two were playing in Cork. I wasn't, uh, at this point, I wasn't at MTV yet. Okay. So I was at this radio station. And um, the thing that was interesting was I was pro- I was music director. And I think what, the reason why the industry, and it was, of course, alternative music was starting to really happen. But the reason why the industry really warmed to me was because I was the guy trying to find reasons to play music, not to not play it. Like uh-huh. when they were calling me, I was like excited about music. Yeah, and they were like, yeah. holy shit, this guy's not going, ah, I don't know that song. Like today, it'd be like, it didn't test and call out research. It's like, yeah. who gives a fuck? And it, by the way, who's answering the phone to listen to a hook on a song? Oh my Nobody, God. I, that Wait, we, they do that still? They say that that's what they, yeah, they still do this bullshit call out research. Do you think someone is getting paid? To sell that bullshit story to Wait, radio radio call, companies, they tell you that they call. Oh, they people do a thing where like the they supposedly call people. Like I never met anybody who they called yeah, who like right. who like they play a hook been, from yeah. a song and go, "Do you like the song or not?" <laughs> like I want to know what what a person has nothing going on in their life that they're answering that phone this and taking would be that Joe's server. actual dream. I mean, <laughs> like, wouldn't like, we? Any music fan? I would love, love that? to be called and yeah, and play I mean, I would too. But I'm wondering like. I just imagine I have a, you at 13 yeah. being like, Well, as a kid, oh, it would have been the greatest yes, thing. Yes. Yes. As a kid, yeah. it would have been amazing. That would have been but, amazing, um, yes. but I'm just saying, I, I find it still... I came from a period where I went with gut and love mm-hmm. of a song, or I thought it was a great track, and then how people reacted to it. Um, and that's that's how I programmed, you know? But Matt, um, Speaking truth to power over here, all right? Watch out. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Watch out, pollsters. But, uh, uh, oh, yeah. sorry, so you're in Ireland. Yeah, but I'm in Ireland. Too. So this is the Thin Lizzy story. So I, you know, I'm in Ireland, and um, we're there to see this band called The Frames, and one of the guys, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, like wrote and directed once, which became like that musical, which yeah, was really- John and, Carney, right? Yeah, John Carney. So John, I interviewed John Carney after this, too, and- and John was in the frames, and so was Glenn uh, Hansard. Mm-hmm. Both those guys were in this band, the frames. So I was going to see them in a club with my friend Steve Leeds and a couple other people I knew from D.C. We were invited to go. And uh, Steve's talking to uh, these two Irish guys. One is Denny Cordell, the record producer, who, you know, produced uh, the first couple uh, Tom Petty records, but also, you know, produced Wider Shade of Pale and all this other stuff. And Tony Visconti, who went on to do Bowie and Morrissey and T-Rex, 
was his engineer back then. Like he was a Brooklyn guy who moved to England because he liked the way the record sounded. The equipment. <laughs> anyway, there, Denny Cordell's there before he passes away. Um, his son was in that band, The Big Pink, believe it or not, that were around a few years ago. Okay. Um, and this guy named Frank Murray. Um, so Steve Lee's, I just, I'm turning from another conversation with John Carney. And Steve Leeds goes, you know, Matt's a big Thin Lizzy fan. And the guy goes, are oh, you really? I go, yeah, you know, I always said if I came to Dublin, I'd love to visit Phil's grave. And, they, and the guy goes, are you serious about that? And I go, yeah, I really am. He goes, well, you know, Phil is my best friend. I'll pick you up at your hotel tomorrow and oh I'll bring you there. So this guy's name was Frank Murray, who passed away as well. Um, Frank was his road manager, best friend. And he's the guy who managed the Pogues with Shane McGowan, okay. like, yeah. like in the, in, in, you know, yeah. in the, all those years. Um, and he was a lovely guy. He picked me up at my hotel. And I remember going down by the bar. It's like noon, and there's Van Morrison in a red suit drinking at the bar, Come on. looking like Santa Why? Claus. Come it was so on. bizarre. It was so bizarre. In a, Van Morrison in a red suit. So <laughs> I jump in this little car. We drive. We're talking about it. We get out towards where Phil's, it, it, where, where the cemetery is, and he goes, "Can't go see my best friend." Without us bringing some flowers, and there's a kiosk on the side of the street, so we go and we grab some flowers, bring it to Phil's grave, and um, then his, um, you know, like it's very, it's very panoramic and cinematic. Like I remember it very it's well. Ireland. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's amazing. Know? And I see a car coming up, and it turns out it's his stepdad, the you know the the man who married his uh-huh. uh, his mom, um, and he comes to collect the flowers that are there and invites us back to Phil's mom's house which wow. used to be Phil's house so it's amazing she brings me into his old bedroom and his whole record collection's there so I'm going through his record oh collection oh my god! yeah which was incredible and he has a jukebox there that's like from the like early 60s and there's a picture of him and the drummer Brian Downey when they're 16 years old when they're kids so you T-Rex Thin Lizzy uh, Soundgarden yeah uh, and of course, Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails makes a lot of sense, yeah. obviously. And yeah, we're going to talk about that. We'll, in a yes. we'll talk about them at length. At length. But, um, uh, now, you had told me prior to recording this that you maybe aren't at liberty to discuss. I won't discuss my fifth nominee, and I'll tell you why. I'll discuss it. Whoa. I'll discuss why I love it, but I'm friends with so many artists that I don't want to piss people off. Yeah, I mean, there are, leave it ambiguous. Yeah, and here's know? why I have, even though like, I like, I haven't revealed to anybody. get up in your face. Yeah, well, I'm not worried about Whitney Houston's estate. You know, there's a lot of people in there, I mean, like, I mean, even, you know, I, I love Depeche Mode, mm-hmm. and um, I'm a huge Depeche Mode fan, so maybe my vote went to them. Um, Ooh, you know, you never oh, know. But what it, yeah. you know, it, it wouldn't yeah. be nice. It, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, like, look, but I respect craft work. I love MC5. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. friends with Wayne Kramer still. Mm-hmm. Wayne has like been my friend for years. Uh, he was very, very supportive well, and helpful and who, to me when I was having a rough so time. Far, are there any alive people? Wait, I, I'm, what, what do we so, got? An, I mean, no. So want to go the, down the yeah. list? And the can, other thing about this ballot in general yeah. and a lot of the artists that you've chosen uh, is that We've got a lot of people who have passed away. Yeah. Like when you think about, I mean, most of T-Rex, and Mark Boland is T-Rex, and yeah. he's been gone for a long time. He'd been gone since 77 when he was accidentally uh, under Obviously. car lost control. Sad that we lost Chris. You know, we were very, very close friends, Chris and I, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I was devastated by that. I, was, uh, I, I went in a bit of a tailspin myself. I was just not really, you know, in a good, good mental space when that happened. Um, and But I pulled myself through that, and... Uh, you know, and 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 Mar- and you know, Phil Linnett, Phil, Phil Lizzie, yeah. You know, Phil, Phil. You know, Phil died of heroin, heroin from complications. His body shut down from doing heroin. At the end, he was shooting it in his in, in between his toes, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like you know, 
it was just really sad. I mean, I think, you know, you've seen interviews with the other guys in the band. And I've met Brian Downey and um, Scott Gorham. I've oh, hung with them in Ireland. So, But Nine Inch Nails is still alive. Okay. Yo, Trent is yeah. doing great. Yeah. Trent is well, he, oh, yeah, alive and well. Alive my and favorite, well. one of my favorite, the last time I ran into Trent, this is the greatest thing ever. It was backstage at one of his shows. And I told the security guy, I go, tell Trent I'm outside here. And Trent comes out and just kisses me on both cheeks and goes, we're still here against all odds. Mm -hmm. Meaning, because we fucking, you know, mm -hmm. we did a lot of drugs and we, you know, we, and we drank a lot, you yeah, know. the rock and roll life. Yeah, we were, you know, and, you know, I'm, I, 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 don't, I don't ever try to deny that because it's pretty well known, actually. Um, you know, that we, we, you know, we took the, the party into a crazy level um, and made a decision, you know, to... Uh, you know, like we want to stay alive. Yeah, and Trent, yeah. you know what I mean. Good. That's why Thank I mean, God. especially yeah. because you know, in 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 13 days, it's the anniversary of when I was hit by a car and nearly killed. I was walking across the street in Hollywood, and this was um, on December 3rd of last year. And um, light was red, so I thought it was cool to walk across the street. I was jaywalking a little bit, you know, like I wasn't like I was I was near the light, but not right mm -hmm. right in that thing because uh -huh. it's right off the 101. Like so, it's a little dangerous. That's oh, even I scarier. Know where you are, yeah. On Franklin yeah. and um. As I get to the third lane, I'm looking and everything's still clear. I turn to the right and out of the corner of my eye, I see a car gunning towards me. Doing at least 40. Um, I jumped, trying to get out of the way. But the car caught my leg, broke my leg in half. I had a compound fracture. Oh this leg God. was split in half. Ugh. Went through the windshield, tore my head completely open. Oh and... With the bottom of my right ear off, like like in the back. So yeah. they sewed that all back together. Guys, it looks perfect. You cannot tell. I <laughs> want just for our great. listeners yeah. at yeah. home. You look great. The I mean, ear thanks. is whole. There is nothing going on yeah. here. It's a fine he, looking ear. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, it is I whole mouth. Yeah. I want you. To, I want to let you know it does sound as though he might have be missing part of his ear. I want you to it's, no, it's assured that I great you could not tell that this had happened ear. to him. Yeah. Thirteen years ago. No, no. A year ago. Oh, one year less than a year ago. It's in two weeks. It's a one year anniversary. In 13 okay. days it'll be the one year oh so you believe i learned to walk again you know like yeah. i was uh i was in cedar sinai and it was really crazy because you know i heard i couldn't see because they were covering my eyes but because my head was torn open but i heard one doctor say the other one are you gonna use staples he goes no no, no i'm a fan of this guy i watched him on mtv growing up i'm gonna sew him up slowly and so he did a really nice job the plastic surgeon i want you guys you know? to know yeah. he really did <laughs> yeah right? i know it sounded like a gruesome description that we just yeah. went through yeah i mean but it is okay yeah well it was so crazy the picture of me in the hospital before they sewed my head up there somebody took a photo of it and it ended up being put on tmz but blurred out because it was so gruesome and I still have the photo to remember just how close I was to death. But now, you know, I flew. You DM I, us. I was. Uh, we'll put that on the Twitter. Five hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you. We'll but I will. Uh, but I will just. I, I gotta tell you guys. Unedited raw. Yeah. <laughs> going through the windshield with my head was crazy, and then if that happened so fast. I don't remember going through the windshield, but I do remember that happened so fast that the driver hit the brakes. I spun off the hood of the car. I could smell the metal of the engine in the heat. Oh my God. So I was spinning in the air, out of control. I landed about 15 feet away on my back and my head and I was so blessed that I did not have uh, paralysis, brain damage. Yeah. It's right. a miracle. And I Truly. didn't, and I didn't snap that one artery in my leg oh my where God. I would have bled out because they took them nine minutes to EMS to get there. And it were, they got called, they got like six calls. Uh -huh. People could hear it. It sounded like two cars hitting each other, they said, because it was so loud when it hit my body. Wow. Um, so it was pretty amazing. But, you know, I kept the good spirits. I, 
you know, I went to the hospital. He sewed up my head. I had to wait because of my heartbeat. Um, they didn't want to put me down under propofil at that point because to operate my leg. So I had to wait another 14 hours, and that was brutal. Oh I bet. But, um, you know, they did CAT scans and everything to make sure my head and my brain wasn't swelling. And then, they, you know, I was there for a couple of weeks, and then they moved me to this other place called California Rehabilitation Institute where I did therapy. Like, I did, like, physical therapy every day, even though it was a hospital for two weeks. And I got out before Christmas, and... That oh, was, wow. um, yeah, that was like, so I was already at a hospital. But the amazing thing was people were always laughing because I was going to shows on my walker. Like I went to yeah, the Chris Cornell yeah. Tribune. I was like in a uh-huh. wheelchair. I went to like the, you know, like see the killers and muse and over there at the uh, <laughs> forum. And then I would go to like the, the Clash Tribute. I'd be sitting, you know, on the side over at uh, the Roxy. Um, you know, I just went to shows. I just kept it's going. Just kept living yeah, your life. You did. I, yeah, wow. man. Which is great. But I loved it. You know, and I'm feeling really great. I mean, it took me about nine and a half months to get off the cane first of all than the cane mm-hmm. but I mean now I'm like going like I'm doing the treadmill I started on the stationary bike to build up my legs and I'm I keep seeing people who don't like to do is that you like Dave Kroll and, and Dave goes holy shit man you look the best you've ever looked <laughs> and I heard that from Dave Matthews too he's like sees me and goes yeah, and he goes. I'm looking at you. He goes until I heard your voice. I'm like, holy shit, it is you. You did mention casually, Dave, yeah. of yeah. Uh, the oh. Matthews band. Oh, yeah, the, the current uh, nominee. Yeah. Uh, how do you I feel love about, Dave? Yeah, I mean, uh, they, I think could, could they have been your fifth? They pick could or? be. Could I mean, be. I'm okay. gonna say You'll I could say that. could be. Let me tell you something. I I think they're a great band. I think they're a great live band. I uh, have a long history with those guys. They definitely have their own niche, and they have. Um, Dave is a very, very cool and humble guy. I, he's not changed, you know, since he first got signed to RCA and was, you know, and we've done a lot of like album specials with those guys over the years. And we had, we had a lot of fun. One time I was, uh, actually visit, I was doing an album special for that, uh, behind these crowded streets album, uh, that it was, their, it was their, um, third RCA record, their fourth yeah, album. I think so. And I flew to Charlottesville, Virginia to do it. And they were like rehearsing in it was an old house that was like an old real estate office, but they gutted it. So there were a couple little rooms, and then there was the big room where the band was set up full on. And we did the radio special for, for Streets, and then they were like, you want to hang out and, uh, and watch? We're going to rehearse our whole set for Giant Stadium. And, and I remember it because Beck opened, and they were it was their first ever stadium show. And we were on a couch sitting in front of him, like three feet away with a <laughs> bottle of wine. Me and my friend Mark Felsot, like he runs the Tom Petty radio channel, but he did a lot of album specials with me producing over the years. And um, we just sat there and they were like three feet away free, playing free full live free concert. Yeah, yeah. The only the only band I, w- I saw closer was Dave Kroll. I'm in their studio. I'm flying back on a red eye. I'm doing an album special for Wasting Light, that album. And we're just like hanging out and in the control room we ate something upstairs and I just so funny when they got the call they go we got, ah, we got the call for uh, it was it the VMAs or Grammys they go yeah they call us when Green, Green Day can't do it and they were just like joking around but <laughs> it was pretty funny but Dave goes do you he goes you want to hear the album again and it wasn't out yet something he meant like he's just going to do a playback right yeah, press a button yeah and yeah. he goes no do you want to hear it live so if you see that documentary for Sound City <laughs> yes good. where you where you see like in his studio there's like this room that's like where they do a lot of vocals, but it's by it's 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 literally a little bigger than this. He's the nook to the podcast the, nook, nook, yeah. So which, it's, which it's, is uh, notoriously cozy. Yeah, yeah, it's very cozy. So guys, I went in. We went. They went in there. It was the five Foo Fighters, me against the door, and then playing that whole album, wasting like 
full volume, start to finish. Literally, and in I'm face. literally right against the door. <laughs> yeah. So it's me right in the center of them, uh-huh. and they were like going for it. They weren't like they weren't trying to be quiet. And then Lou runs her studio, comes in and goes, "Matt, you want headphones?" And Dave looks at him and goes, "Matt don't need headphones. He listen to loud music all his life." And uh, uh-huh. so they that so that's the closest yes. to ever a band playing, and that wow. was phenomenal. But both those times were pretty phenomenal for me. Yeah, that's you know so what I mean? Cool. I was, yeah, one of the biggest bands in the world playing uh, yeah. feet from you yeah, yeah. a I, personal concert I yeah. saw Built to Spill last night in Santa Barbara and I was I love Built to Spill I love them and I was right on the st- it was the closest I've ever been and because it was Santa Barbara it was yeah. like not packed I mean it was full but mm-hmm. I wasn't being like pushed or pressed yeah. or anything like that and I'm three feet from like they're playing the Keep It Like a Secret album in yeah. its entirety love and like that. it did was so cool from, there's nothing wrong with love too no they did a couple of things from you in reverse as like encore did they do Untrustable at all I don't believe so yeah I love that song man my, song they was... played my favorite song which is Carry the Zero I yeah, was like cool. I will be yeah. fine if, the, if I only hear that song and then yeah. I just blacked out for the rest I'd be fine uh, and then they closed with doing Benny and the Jets which is so cool which is so cool real shock I was like maybe they'll do the weather yeah like, maybe <laughs> yeah. they'll do Frost Fire on my Pretty Little Miss just could it up. happen and all of a sudden you do Benny and like, the Jets Big Dipper <laughs> and it yeah, was right. Benny and the Jets yeah. so I was like oh you know, what people don't know about that song is it was never released as a single in the UK. It was um, only oh, released yeah. in America. It was, I mean, it became a big record I mean, for him. Yeah. Very... But in America, it was the number one record. And um, the American record company, MCA, said, oh, we're going to put that out as a single. Smart. Became a big, big thing yeah. for him. Uh, well, uh, steering back to the Rock oh, yeah. Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, uh, that, now, now that I'm alive and well and, yeah. and I'm still with you guys. We, we've covered, yeah. So, but like Dave Matthews, yeah, I, I think Dave Matthews are, are, are such a great champion. I think that they, they deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. My stance might be that it's a little premature, but... Yeah, I mean, so some people may think that. So mm-hmm. that's why I won't reveal my my fifth yeah, vote. it's a My mystery. fifth vote, we'll, you know? We'll make, it'll make, it's, I mean, look, and Judas Priest, all right? I saw Judas Priest when I was a kid opening for this band I liked called Stars. I remember being like a young, young teenager. I took the bus in New York City. And they used to have these venues, uh, this venue, the New York Palladium. Where I was to watch, and this is legendary, I was at the show that's on the cover of London Calling where Paul Simonon smashes his bass. Wow. I was in the orchestra, in the audience at that show. Okay. At the New York Palladium. So I'd been going there for years, right? I saw yeah. Thin Lizzy there with Graham Parker and the rumor. Um, I'd seen Thin Lizzy opening for Queen at the Garden with Freddie, and I saw Queen at, do Night at the Opera at the Beacon Theater, which was unbelievable as a young kid. It was like wow. seeing Freddie there in a theater. I was like, holy yeah. shit, as a yeah. kid. Yeah. I didn't know, realize just how... I, I was gonna have to compare stuff to that after that, yeah, you know. Right. Like, oh, see, bad company. Like, my brother, a couple weeks later, I'm like, they're just standing there, man. <laughs> like, you know, even though like Paul Rogers is a great singer, it was like and ended up fronting Queen for yeah, a little bit. Yeah, which is later. cool, you know. And um, but you know, this place was great. So anyway, Judas Priest. Now that they're nominated this year, um. Yeah, there's so I, a lot of yeah. for you to choose from. I would say, like yeah. with your proclivities, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. <laughs> what a weird way. To and put Rob Halford huh? is a really great guy. He's, yeah. I just, uh, such a good dude. And I um and I, I I bought that album, which was their first Columbia record, um, called Sin After Sin. 
And I thought it was very cool that they covered their first single was a Joan Baez song. Yeah, a Diamonds, Diamonds and Rust, Rust which yeah. I love. Um, and then I saw them a year later and they were second on the bill. But they were like literally on the end of the stage. They had like no room to play. Mm-hmm. And then it was Stars and then it was Ario Speedwagon. And nobody in New York even really, I, I think maybe who, anybody who went to see Ario Speedwagon there Wait, were from the Judas Midwest. Priest and Ario Speedwagon yes. were on the same. Yes, they were. And you know <laughs> that, that Rob Halford, Kevin Cronin from Ario Speedwagon said to me that Rob Halford told him, that thanks for being so nice to us when we were opening for you when we first came to America. Because they were really, you know, they were cool to them. Like, you yeah. know, didn't treat them yeah. like assholes. You know, they weren't assholes. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even know who Ario Speedwagon were. They didn't play them on the radio in New York. So I went and bought their, like, double live album after that. And I already had stars. Went and bought Judas Priest. You know, you bought everything yeah. you yeah. saw. Uh-huh. And then I saw Priest the next year. They were opening for Angel, who were a band on Casablanca Records, who were, like, the... They were supposed to be the good kiss, like they had like, white robes, and they came they up were, from the floor. They were yeah. pure. They yeah, yeah, like it was like yeah, right. You know, it's so the, funny, but I like. They were I on like the other some side of the shoulder. The funniest thing was their early records were like prog, and then they kind of went in this pop direction because they wanted to have hits, and it, they never really uh, broke through. But and there was a band called the Gods with a Z opening up. And they were like, you know, biker rock. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like I saw some priests were in the middle. Bill that was their stained class album. But it's, um, so I've always had a, you know, a place in my heart for them, too. And the fact that he did Diamonds and Rust. And one time we were on the air in New York City, and I go to Rob Halford, I go, I go, I'm going to do a quiz now, and people have to guess if they want to win this prize. And one of the things is another band from the UK, Scotland in particular, also had a hit, not in America, but in the UK with another singer-songwriter, another American singer-songwriter's, uh, female singer-songwriter's song. And it was... This Flight Tonight by Joni Mitchell done by Nazareth, even though everybody knows Love Hurts here. Mm-hmm. Nazareth had a big hit with This Flight Tonight, and the riff on their version is what Hart used in Barracuda. Joe, did yeah. you know that? No, I didn't. Pretty okay, because that so, he's a very big music trivia person yeah. as well. I was like, Will, yeah. would you be able to answer right. that? So, like, it's funny. Night? He didn't know. He said, "Love hurts." I'm like, "You're close. It's the right band, right. but and it's it not the right cover, song." But, yeah. but it was cool. Yeah. So we gave it to the person that guessed that Rob would get it. I'm like, "Yeah, we're giving you the prize anyway." Yeah. But That's Rob's so cool. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, well, see, plus he's the first metal guy to come out. I thought that that was that, like a that's lot. A completely. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you gotta have so much respect for him for that. I love that. I mean, he's such a and he's such a cool guy great performer great voice so look there's well, another band be I the fifth pick? So there's, yeah. Yeah, the, the thing is and what's hard about the rock and roll hall of fame is you want to try and be objective but how can anyone be objective about music right it's so much like you said comes from like your gut and your heart and like how can you try to break things down and try to figure out who yeah. should be in this institution over this other band that i yeah. also really like yeah. so what i've done because i'm a huge nerd is i've come up with a list of categories that i think if a band does well well in those categories they have a good shot for induction and yeah. we're going to take a little bit of a break and we come back we're going to see how nine inch nails stacks up so we'll be right back Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We hope you had a nice break. We hope over your break. You tried to pressure someone into telling you a secret, and you failed, baby. And they still don't know uh, who they the stood fifth, strong. Still don't know who the fifth uh, vote the, for the Matt Pinfield's ballot is. Still on don't air know. and off air. 
Yep. Uh, quickly, so, we're going to jump into these categories with Nine Inch Nails, but Matt, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about the Doobie Brothers just yeah. a, a second. Well, also you know, in I the think, running for the fifth spot. Could they be? Yeah. Could they be? I, I can just tell you that I, I think they deserve to be in there. Um, whether or not I voted for them, I'm not going to say, but I will say that... You know they were great riff rock. You know what I mean. They mm-hmm. were they just had that. You know they were Northern California band uh, in the Tom Johnson years. Those records like Long Train Running and Listen to Music. I love all those songs. You can identify those China songs Grove. Yeah. immediately. And Long That's... Train Running is like truly one of my favorites. But Blackwater I love. I, I went back before I moved to San Francisco to do a morning show. I was I was just happened to be down by where I grew up and ran into these people in a bar a karaoke night. And I remember having everybody singing Black Water by the end of the night and everybody going crazy doing the whole ending. I want to hear like, some funky know, Dixie yeah, Land Yeah, and half the room is going hand, yeah. hand, 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 with you, dance with you, daddy. You had to do it with you all day long. <laughs> That's such a great tune. It is, it it's is, great. It's I love the that. It's ultimate, uh, you know... Uh, cool acapella group yeah, yeah. at your college. I mean, they, that. And that album, Toulouse Street, has really got some mm-hmm. great songs on it. I mean, uh, here's the thing. And and for a band that when uh, Tom had to leave the band, you know, uh, they were like a new band when Michael McDonald yes. left Steely Dan to join the band. Yeah. And I I think, you know, I love some of those songs. Like, I mean, I, I got to admit, It Keeps You Running was like the first thing that I really, you know, got into. It was, uh, and, and then... You know what a fool believes in real, real love. All those songs, uh, you know, taking it to the streets. There's like two Doobie Brothers. You know yeah, what I mean? No, fully. And yeah. I think that that yeah. helps their case yeah. for induction that they yeah. had two vital careers within yeah. the umbrella of one yeah. band. And yeah, it was impressive. And I gotta admit, I won't lie to you. Like I wasn't super into those the Michael McDonald years when they were new, but I really grew to love and appreciate them. Mm-hmm. You know, like after you've had that it for a while. That is the tale yeah. of Yacht Rock as old as yeah. time. Right, because it was which not is a like, cool Which is like, while thing. it was happening, everyone yeah. was like, excuse me, and then later yeah. everyone's like, how fun, right? Yeah. yeah we oh, like so much this. of that stuff is so Absolutely. much fun. Yeah. You All right. know? Well, let's get into Nine Inch Nails. So, uh, Nine Inch Nails became eligible for the 2015 ceremony. We're nominated that first year that they were eligible, 2015 and 2016. We're off the ballot for a few years, have returned for this year, 2020. This is their third time on the ballot. Before 2019, when Trent inducted The Cure, if anyone had ever asked him about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he was very dismissive. Like, what is that? I was nominated. I don't care what I'm going to show up. I don't have to jam with these people. Who gives a shit? But he has been on record as saying... And there he is. You know, when he went, he was like, if The Cure is getting inducted, I want to make sure... This is done correctly, and I'm and such he did a big a great fan. Job, very eloquent. Oh his, yeah, his speech is great, and yeah. he's like, I want it, I want this to be done right. But at the ceremony, he was a little skeptical going into it about the whole idea, the whole process. Yeah. And, and he's told a story. He was sitting with with Phil and Ed from Radiohead uh, down on the floor, and they're kind of looking at each other like, what are what are we? Why are we here? Yeah. And then throughout the night, you know, while they're watching, you know, Roxy Music reunite and I mean, Brian Ferry. I love Roxy. And then watching the response of the crowd to The Cure because he was thinking, are these like industry jagoffs going to be like, who cares about, you know, The Cure? And it's just, and it, it is so meaningful to someone like Robert Smith, you would think, yeah. would not really care. And the whole band is getting really excited and it kind of flipped him. And now Trent Reznor is into the idea of being inducted and he should be i mean i love that's 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 uh, you know my fourth vote you know yeah. i told you about the first three i love nine inch nails they're such an important band i feel you know they they i mean they're, they're such an important part of rock and roll fabric because of the way they actually 
popularized, if you want to use that word, industrial, industrial music. Industrial music. Yeah, and Absolutely. you know, I, I was a huge industrial fan. Like, because I spun in nightclubs, I spun in alternative clubs, new wave clubs. They were called when I first started spinning in them. And then, of course, I DJed in nightclubs for. I mean, 14 years or something like that. I mean, the mm-hmm. drinking age was 18 when I started. You remember? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I used to work in this bar, yeah. bar, it was, in this bar called Charlie's Uncle, and it was me one on a Tuesday night, New Wave night with Matt Pinfield, and then it was Richie Zambora from Bon Jovi by himself uh, in his band, <laughs> Richie Zambora and Friends. Uh, so he was like the yeah. all the other nights, and it was like yeah. it was really funny. We worked at this place, and it was a lounge of a restaurant, but it fucking the drink because there was no mother mothers against drunk drivers yet. Uh, it was packed on a Tuesday night. I bring in like three, four hundred people. Well and um it was pretty amazing. But um I'm going back to Nine Inch Nails and I worked at this club called the Melody that's really well known. A lot of people have have gone there and hung out there. I mean whether it's like uh, Trent or Andrew Eldridge, you know, when they've come through New Jersey or the guys in Killing Joke or, mm-hmm. you know, or, uh, you know, so many people would, would come through the melody where I DJed. And I would play a lot of industrial stuff over the years besides the things you would expect. And I think the really interesting thing was when Trent's first record came out, um, Pretty Hate Machine. I mean, that record was just, in my opinion, groundbreaking. And I still think if it came out today, it would sound fucking incredible it yeah. still does so i met trent for the first time at a new music seminar and these used to be like south by southwest in new york city or a cmj convention mm-hmm. which was you know the college music journal where you know they take over all these clubs and yeah. places and they would do the, both of those in new york city trent was standing there with his girlfriend uh, beth at the time and um and i remember also, somebody from the label, and the person from the label was giving out cassettes, and a cassette that had Head Like a Hole, Sin, Down In It, and The Only Time. It was four songs from mm-hmm. the album. And I remember taking home going, I fucking love this, playing it in my car. And then, you know, I was, at that point, I was already working on that radio station that I ended up running on the Jersey Shore, one of the first, th- so I was playing the shit out of Trent's stuff. Yeah. I've got an incredible picture, which I'll send you guys so you can post it with your thing, of Please. me and Trent back then. And we look like babies. And it's <laughs> unreal. So we've been friends, Trent and I, for a very, very yeah. long time, you know? and um, That's so cool. And I love him. Uh, I think he's an incredible... I think he's a genius. He's an incredible guy. I give him so much credit for turning everything around. You know, we we always had a great relationship. I remember there were th- as that album was starting to take off, they were throwing a party for him at the limelight and there was like, they wanted to throw this party and he just goes like, Mary, he goes, he goes, he goes, Matt, he goes, come over here. I want to be, fuck. he goes, fuck. He goes, I want to hang out with somebody real. And that yeah. was like, yeah, right. so he was like, not where the actual party they were having for was me and him were over at this other little other side, like yeah. nook bar. So the relationship goes long, but I mean, as a fan of music and respect and respecting all the things that he's done, I mean, Pretty Hate Machine was was phenomenal and still sounds great. Well, then, and I remember I remember when Nine Inch Nails kind of broke through in the '90s, and I, I I remember being like, suddenly the goth kids at my school were like, we have something that people have heard, like people yeah. knew we're what their the music anymore. was. Yeah, like it's they, gone mainstream. Yeah, exactly. The moment that. Trent became fabric of pop culture was at Woodstock 94. And here's why, here's how the whole thing really happened. Metallica were pissed off at their sound guy and there's somebody in Metallica's crew pulled out all the bottom end, like they disconnected the bottom end for Nine Inch Nails. And the guys were like, they kind of found out about it and they went up and all like, they bought him like, it was a situation where they ended up getting all covered in mud. 
So yeah. when they went on stage covered in mud to perform at Woodstock, then David Letterman was talking about him the next night. Like right. it, he scared the shit out of a lot of people uh-huh. um, looking like that. And it was just guys just mm-hmm. decided to do it. And a friend of mine who's also friends with Trent from Chicago, who's known him for a long time, looks at Trent and goes, dude, this is the fucking night. That performance you just did. I, I, and he was just like, fuck, but they pulled out our bottom end. And he goes, it doesn't matter. He goes, you just fucking arrived. I mean, that was really... I do remember images of them covered, covered in, mud in mud from that uh, that performance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was Woodstock big. 94, man. Yeah. <laughs> When's so, the last time we thought about yeah, that? Right. Well, I mean, 99 uh, yeah. gets all the glory because yeah, of the awful... Because of, yeah, uh, of, uh, of uh, burning, yeah. fire, and violence, and, uh, yeah. and no water, and, and or $60 yeah. bottles of water. Yes, the My rape God. as well. Yeah, um, yeah which is horrible. There's a lot, there's <laughs> but, um, a lot to really hate about 99. Yeah. Uh, but boy, 94 back then, it was yeah. they were breaking through. Good stuff. But anyway, so muddy, classic Woodstock fire. style. Okay, Joe, category number one. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, with these categories, first one is critical claim which i think nine inch nails does extremely well yeah i mean this is a group and also we should say for anyone who's listening who maybe isn't that familiar with the band we will probably interchangeably say trent Reznor and nine inch nails because he is the band he did yeah, all I mean, the instruments in the studio he you, toured with a group but it's his brainchild yeah, yeah it's him he and he's the only member of nine inch nails that is been constant yeah and is in being inducted yeah. that's the whole list it's like nine it, yeah. inch nails and it's Trent Trent Reznor. Reznor. yeah because yeah. he's it's him yeah and it, anybody else was part of the touring band or maybe they played drums on an album or two yeah. but really beyond like chris that, Renna or some yeah, of those other guys exactly. even richard patrick from filter was in the band for a while oh, yeah 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 all right so critical yeah critical acclaim i think trent does exceptionally well yeah i mean he's on rolling stone's list of the top 100 artists uh which is difficult for you know bands that are not from the 60s yeah. for a publication <laughs> like rolling stone yeah. so that's pretty remarkable and you know I, at the time i think spin magazine called him like the most vital musician working and he time magazine went nuts you know he was one of those year-end like most important people and you look at any review of Trent's music by critics, and it is always glowing. It's always recognizing the artistic achievement yeah. and the kind of vision of someone like him. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got a good feeling for old Trent on the list. Front. Yeah. So let's connect this <laughs> right. to the next category, yeah. which is classic albums. And one of the ways we kind of determine both critical acclaim and if they have a definitively classic album, is if yeah. they have an appearance on Rolling Stone's top five hundred. I mean, Downward Spiral so... is pro. You know, yeah. yes, Downward Spiral is the without question masterpiece. Yes, from Trent. Do you guys think that Nine Inch Nails is anywhere on this five hundred albums list from yeah. Rolling Stone? Downward okay. Spiral is on it. Okay, and, and then let's take well. guesses. Where where on the five hundred do you think it's going to fall? Oh, I I would think it'd be in the last fifty in my you know uh, knowing I, Rolling Stone in Rolling Stone yeah okay. am I right I, or am I wrong Okay what do you think Chris okay. I want this is a wild I one I'm about this, to pitch but... something insane Do it I just think like one twenty four I know that's crazy okay. but I, yeah. I I really I'm usually very good at this yeah. I've come within three She's very good at I, this Yeah so is it up there in the top one fifty It would be insane Two oh one 
Wow, you are close. Wow, I really, yeah. I just, I, I wish I would have gone higher then. But, yeah. but in my heart, in my heart, I just was like, you deserve that's to be. where they no. go. Yeah. They, uh, deserve these to numbers be. just come from my gut, guys. Yeah. That's how I do it. And so, I'm like yeah. a classic radio DJ that, in that way. That's a good, good number though. Two hundred one. It deserves well. to be. Darmer Sparrow was a groundbreaking record. Yeah, and yeah. that is definitively a classic album. And I think you could even make a case that you know, given that Pretty Hate Machine was the breakthrough, that that had. Has classic status as, as well. well. I agree. I think both those albums yeah. are so important. Mm-hmm. But but Pretty Hate Machine is not on there, right? No, it's only it's only downward spiral. Yeah, okay, yeah. But it did well. Two hundred one is good for yeah. a newer for a record. A yeah, newer record. yeah. For, for that <laughs> for list, something not by the Beatles, it did great. Yeah, not Dylan. And you know, uh, for me, I got to say this um, just to jump up for a second, but. I love that uh, the, the you know the album that he did first album he did without a kiss Ross. I love with teeth. I mean that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite albums by him, and it's one of my favorite albums. I love that record with teeth. It's the one with the hand that feeds. And every day is exactly the same as on there, like. The next category is recognizable songs. The first song that broke through on radio was what? Okay, so the first song, if we're going chronologically, on Pretty Hate Machine, the first song is Head Like a Hole. That it's still it. considered a classic, something yeah. that he does yes. pretty much every night that he plays. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's I mean, a song just, I mean, yeah, everybody knows. Yeah, and I... I fully remember hearing it and I know it. And yes. you might also know Terrible Lie. See, Terrible Lie was uh, is just one of those songs that he's opened with so many times and it's just as incredibly powerful song and yeah, it's a great the second song on the record I mean yeah, that's tracks one and yeah, two of his first album that album is, is great too It's to me it's a classic the other song you might know from Pretty Hate Machine is Down In It then Downward Weather, Spiral has potentially the two biggest I mean I think closer That's the iconic. It is yes. insane that that song was a radio is hit. A radio hit. I mean, it is so. Yeah. The chorus insane. is "I want to fuck you like an." Animal. I mean, the the, the I fact mean, it cut is the fuck, but like, you, you right. know what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So then, I mean, the other big I one mean, on "Downward Spiral" is "Hurt." I hurt myself today to see if I still feel. There is other music that is similar and stuff, but this broke through at that time. It was like we were just ready for it. We were ready mm-hmm. for something yeah. really dark and dangerous. And Trent Reznor is so charismatic. Yeah. He's a really like just like this hot, dark, dangerous guy shows up on the scene singing these like really aggressive, and he has a great voice. Songs. And his delivery like, yeah. you know, is so he has a, the, the thing that's really interesting about him as a vocalist too is. Like, not only can he scream so well, like, some of the greatest people in rock history can sing really, really well and also scream very well. Whether that's Jim Morrison or Chris Cornell, I'm just, or Roger Daltrey, but I'm using them as an example. But I, Trent's got that thing, and you know, like, even when he, 
when he's kind of almost talking through a song and breathing, there's something very stylistic about whispering, it. It's very yeah. cool. You know what I mean? It's greater whispering. No, I, I think, he, he, you know, he just has... It's there, an intensity. It, it feels... Intense swagger. It's got yeah. a lot of swagger, yeah. too. You Truly. Know I mean? He, I mean, he's yeah. a rock star. That yeah. is absolutely without question he's a rock star so the next category is commercial success yeah extremely commercially successful it's just wild because like so many people owned under the table in dreaming and downward yeah, spiral, spiral. Yes, i just did. think of that time in america well that's kind of like, cool in, in, that you could like both so cool i yes. mean i think my parents might have owned the boat they definitely you know owned under the table in dreaming it's like in 1971 <laughs> owning what's going on by marvin gay and led zeppelin four you know what yeah. i mean it's yeah. like it's, it's like, a cool time when people tr- are listening to different things in different styles and the, mm-hmm. And the same kid the might own the chronic that owns downward spiral. Absolutely, right? you know what I mean? it was. I mean, Nine Inch Nails sold tens of millions of records. Like, yeah, they were extremely commercially successful. And then the next category is, I think, another good one for this band, which is longevity. Uh, yeah, we talk about Pretty Hate Machine was 1989. Yeah, and then tr- whether it's through his own music or through the music for movies. Right, I mean, uh-huh. it's still... Look, Social I mean, Network, which of course, you know, here he goes, he wins an Oscar, him and Atticus Ross. Yeah. Dude, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, but um, That's so cool. Yeah. Wait, so I forgot that he was doing movie scoring too. That's right. He has an Oscar. Yeah, yeah he has And an you guys Oscar. know he just won a CMA because of that little Nas X Because of Old Town track, Road. Old Town Excuse Road. Excuse me? Yeah. So, so it was sampled. It was sampled. <laughs> right. Like they sampled this instrumental thing. On the album Ghosts 1 through 4, yeah. which is like a very Eno-esque uh, like like, soundscape. Like yeah, it's a soundscape. Album. Yeah, it's definitely Brian Eno and Fripp, like no pussyfooting, or like Eno's music for films. Yeah. It's like yeah. something of that nature. And it's... um. Trent went and accepted that award at the CMAs. It's very, I mean, it's funny. That it's, was it was yeah. funny and pals? cool at the same Are time. Lil Nas X and Trent now buddies. Did they hang out? Did I they doubt talk? it. But I, I doubt mean, it. I'm sure <laughs> they've <laughs> talked. Yeah, I'm sure they have talked. Because I mean, so the thing about Trent's the, a very open guy, and he's Trent, Trent is very you know, and, and he's got kids that are growing up now. Like you know, they're he, I, his kids are now old enough. That I'm sure they're all listening to pop music and different yeah. things like that. So, mm-hmm. and Trent is also like he's always paying attention to what's going on. He's a very intelligent guy, but he's also very aware. And I love that about people like you know. You go back to Elton John. You know um, when he was living in Atlanta, like he was always getting new records. When he when he used to come stay in L.A., there's a famous story how he would go to Tower Records before it opened, go stay at the Chateau Marmont, mm-hmm. uh, and he would like have a stereo in in L.A. And he'd bring like he'd buy a hundred records, and he'd just sit there and listen to records. He still keeps up on stuff. Yeah. And Trent keeps up on stuff. These, I think, artists are really smart to keep up on stuff. Well, I mean, there's certain people to stay relevant. Really feed, yeah. Well, and that feeds into the longevity too. It's like a really cool pivot yeah. that he did. I, I don't want to say pivot because it sounds so. Um, you know, intentional in Silicon Valley. <laughs> and, right. Yeah. And, yeah, no, exactly. and I apologize, yeah. but what I mean is that it is really like we're not living in a time where industrial music is really popular, where the yeah. where like kind of the classic. It's like there's 90s hardly anybody doing it for that sound. matter anyway. Yeah. Right? And I right mean, now it's just not the time. Like it is not the time. But he has managed to stay relevant, to mm-hmm. um be involved in the biggest record of the year, then also to, you know, get an Oscar and use kind of his skills in other ways and kind of 
to to use what he is into and follow his bliss but still be in relevant like yeah he's yeah. stayed relevant which he's, a lot of yeah. people cannot do yeah. no he still I, feels like a vital artist yeah. he does he, not feel he's like amazing. he yeah. doesn't feel like a legacy and act. you know and he's inspired other people as well you know he signed a band that i was friends with from uh for, like they were friends with the wonder stuff oh the band gosh, you guys didn't influence. know but he signed he, he, yeah, he signed the next category, the next category. yeah all right so he signed pop will eat itself who were a band that he had on nothing records um and clint mansell who was one of the lead singers of that band and like you know it was it was kind of like an english beastie boys really with a little more guitar in it but it was that's what their deal was so they put out one record on nothing Trent was living in new orleans clint mansell who's a friend of mine you know we're a mutual friend was um, basically said to Trent, because Trent really loved him, he goes, um, yeah, man, I don't know what to do now that the band's broken up. But he goes, uh, and Trent goes, well, you can stay in my st- at my studio. There's, some, you know, it's like an apartment and in the studio. He goes, you can stay there for a couple months if you want. And he stayed for um, two years, I think. But here's the thing mm-hmm. that came out of it. Trent and I and Clint all know a woman named Susie. Used to work at TVT with, with Trent. Mm-hmm. She... We, she was introduced to Clint. She was dating Clint for a little while. So Clint was starting to do incidental music. So C- Susie had this friend named Darren Aronofsky. Uh-huh. And he was going to make his first movie called Pie. He never made a movie before. She introduced him to Clint to do instrumentals and do that. And um, he had never made a soundtrack before or a score. So they did Pie together, and then they did Requiem for a Dream. Wow. Right. So, the, so yeah. and they did Black Swan, and mm-hmm. um, they did, um, you know, he did a wrestler, did a bunch yeah. of things. But anyway, so Clint's like an old friend of mine and a friend of Trent's. And, you know, if he had not been there in the studio, in, you know, like, like experimenting in, mm-hmm. in Trent's studio, and that completely changed his life yeah. and trajectory too. I mean, Requiem for a Dream has been used in so many sporting events around the world. But that's, you know, that was the thing. Trent was like very generous to Clint and then that changed the whole you know, trajectory. I do wonder, okay, so we're about to talk about influence and what was it? What innovation. Innovation. Yeah. I mean, like, Jesus. <laughs> We've only been yeah. doing this for how long? Um, uh, influence and innovation. What does Nine Inch Nails open up for? Do you know what I'm so, saying? Yeah, that's my right. question. Well, I, say- I, I think that they're kind of an end point right now. I, I don't know that they're isn't more to come i mm-hmm. don't know that there won't be a time soon probably because yeah. the 90s are back in such a big way that there will be a time soon when we're really getting all of the industrial it will come back yeah, i'm sure it will yeah um, but i think immediately you could see trent's influence on rock yeah because you'd see you start seeing groups like stabbing westward yes that was big that's yeah. it nearly a oh yeah Nails ripoff Or, I mean, Filter was oh, yes, Richard no. Patrick coming from, from there, yeah. the touring band yeah. and making songs that sounded a lot like a lot Yeah, like, like Hey Man, I Shot was that definitely yeah. the vibe. Yeah. You know? 
Well, and um, I remember all that, but I mean currently. You mean, yes. Yeah, as, I'm just as thinking, like, where, where they go. Like, immediately, yes, track. they spawned a lot. They, like, really spawned a lot of copycats, and they really, you know, um, changed the yeah, game. Yeah, Machines of Loving as, Grace. There were all these bands that came yeah, out back then. Mm-hmm. That, but that was um, back then. I'm saying but none wonder, of those are going in the rock could you Could you say, right now, is... And I don't know much about the genre, but I got to imagine EDM and, you know, dance music. There's no way it's not influenced by some oh, of the things that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Doing. Skrillex, especially like Sonny Moore, you know, Skrillex <laughs> listened to a lot of rock and he was in a, a goth emo band yeah. called From First to Last. I mean, um, you, look, you look at old uh, footage of Trent and he's he's got the Skrillex hair before yeah. Skrillex did. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. There's Nine Inch Nails influence there. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess that you is know? a way to think about it is that like it kind of came came out in the EDM wash. I don't hear it in particular, you know, I mean, you can but, find it. But I, I'm just wondering because oftentimes when we get to this category, what we say is without Nine Inch Nails, there is no thing. And it's because Nine Inch Nails is so recent that there mm-hmm, hasn't yeah. been enough music after it I mean, for yeah. us to say but it. But the answer might be Lil Nas Old X. Town Road. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Yeah. And, that, and, that's, and that's as um, big as it gets right now. It's I mean, that's uh, as really? that was you know? at, at number one as long yeah. as any song has ever been number one. Chet is embedded everywhere in some yeah. way, <laughs> which I think is yeah. very Yeah, cool. okay, so all right, that was good. Then I I, I mean, I, I think that he does great in all the categories, but I yeah. was just, that, that was one where... We've got one more category. Oh, yeah, and obviously this one is going to, it's got to yeah. be a yes so from Mary the last Pat. category, maybe the most important yeah. category, does my mom know who they are? And the answer is yes. Yeah, my mom definitely her. knows who they are. Yeah, yeah. she was, and that, and that kind of speaks to cultural saturation. Yeah, yeah. Can a group? Yeah. Can an artist make its way so that even my mom yeah. knows who they are? Yeah, and yeah. absolutely, she. Yeah, does. I don't even yeah. have to text Jackie. She definitely knows yeah. who Nine Inch Nails yeah. are. She well, my mom's a little big. older, but mm-hmm. I, I know she knows who they. I mean, I will say that I, if I asked her, "Mom, do you remember hearing about a band called Nine Inch Nails?" She'd probably say. Oh, yeah, I remember you mentioning them. And my mom's 87. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. she's cool. She's a little Irish woman, like this tall, man. And she's still, you know. Um, Ooh, but, yeah. You know what? I just thought of another thing that they have going for them. What's that? I bring this up occasionally, which is a great logo. A iconic oh, they do. logo. Oh, that logo is one of the greatest. Iconic it's really logo. Great. We yeah. talk about it all and the time. And it's from the very beginning. And it was there on the, you know. a- it, you get a better um, plaque in the actual museum if you have a logo and stuff, and yeah. that'll be nice. I mean, that's iconic, and Guys, uh, the kind of dark gray version of it on a black T-shirt is something I really remember. Yeah, you I know, mean, it was Captain Marvel. I want yeah. <laughs> right on yeah. that. It, yep. it signified an era. Yep. Guys, I just I'd love to see him get in there. You know, um, I had a big surprise this year because people from my hometown posted on Facebook and, uh, and Instagram. Um, I looked, and they were like, "Hey." We're at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Our hometown guy from East Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, man, did good. He's on the wall here on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So there's a big 120 minutes with Matt Pinfield sign in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yeah. now. Oh, I think they're probably their exhibit. They have an exhibit on rock, rock and on TV. TV. Oh, yeah. 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 I saw that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so what is that? Is, is that? Uh, I hope it's permanent. I, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they said it was stuff. permanent. They said that when they said the Rock on TV would probably be permanent. But I love yeah. that it's it's a cool exhibit. I, just, too. I was excited to see my name on there it's and the show. Yeah. Well, so it's like you know, it's a beautiful thing. You know, I'm like, wow, goes... I was humbled in a big way. 
Um, That's so, his vision is that like yeah. it's what he's been trying to sell me on this whole time is that it's important. That's um, me. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> meaningful it is. to be included. It, but it in. is. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like you yeah. know. It's like what, I'll, what we all say, which is like nobody yeah. cares until they get nominated, and then they're like, "Oh my god, what an honor! Yeah. Thank you so much." <laughs> I want to. I'm going to definitely go and uh, take a picture in front of that sign you with should. my name oh, on it for absolutely. sure. So I'm going to go well, to maybe Cleveland. you'll get to this year. Yeah. When the because um, I, I heard it was that Rock on TV is now permanently displayed. I hope I'm sure at the very least they'll be there for another few years well, yeah now, okay that's good news that's you, great so I'm, i'll take it yeah no you should <laughs> it's a really weird because i saw the sign like it's funny they took a picture and you could see that it's like made of like rubber and like extended plastic where the letters are it's kind of mm-hmm. cool yeah. or, or whatever it's yeah. used but it just looked i was like fuck that's it was you're like i'm a so part of history i'm in the rock you and roll know, like, hey, you know what i mean yeah. i mean not not, not i'm not i mean i'm not inducted but at least i'm in there and you're no right. that the is museum. very and cool there, mm-hmm. so it's also nice. so funny because you keep um you just like naturally get to the next thing on the list too because <laughs> i mean that'll be that's like the final well here, here it is we're ready for it let's do our verdict okay should nine inch nails be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Will they get inducted? If so, when? And will it be this year? We'll start with Kristen. Uh, do I think they should? Yes. Do I think they will? Absolutely. Do I think it will happen this year? I think it could. My biggest question is the hard rock vote being split so many ways with so many similar genre bands being on the ballot Mm -hmm. and it could happen that people could go and just vote for all of them and then they just make a hard rock ballot and they all get in and it's a crazy hard rock year like that could happen but it may not happen this year i'm I'm aware of yeah but i I, even though i wanted to and so i i i wonder if it will happen this year I think that if it does not happen this year, I think it will happen in the next five years. He did such a great speech last year. It makes me wonder. It really makes yeah. me wonder. Is that fresh in their minds? Yeah. So I think they'll definitely get it in the next five years, but I don't know if it's going to be this year. Okay. Well, Matt, you know, I, 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 I tell you. Matt, that now your vote. My you say, thing is, they, you know, they, of course, I voted for them. I believe they should be in there. I know how influential they are and what, a, what an incredible talent uh, Trent is and how much he means to the history of rock and roll. And just, I mean, but will they get in this year? I really have, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, um, I know that when um, when his manager was asked originally, um, I, when they, when it was asked to did the, the nomination for Curry, he goes, what? The guys, because I mean, I think they were dis- like disappointed that, I don't know, that Trent was personally, but I know that I'm sure if, uh, in management they would have been like, you know, Hey, he was on the ballot. Why the fuck didn't he get in before? Mm-hmm. But, you know, Trent really loved the cures. So he wanted to do it, you know? So I really hope he gets in. I mean, that's just me. I, I want to yeah. see him. I want to see everybody I voted for to get in. I know that a few of the people I voted for are long shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that, you know? Because I, at least my vote's getting hurt. And it's getting closer because they're on the ballot. Yep. That way I see it. If it, You know, if some of those bands don't get in this year, maybe the year after or the year after that. And then maybe in the next few years, I'll be on the nominating committee, which uh, they keep telling me they're that, uh, you know, you're in consideration. You're yeah. in contention. <laughs> yeah, I, love I it. hope I hope that's true, and I, I like hope it actually comes to fruition. I somebody to be, get on the nominating committee. It's it. wild. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I should be. I mean, you know, yeah, I've, get you know, out there. Hey, give I mean, me a I know every. Hoagie. You know, it's every era of rock and roll. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's, it's, it's all. You know, and I'm not being. Yeah, a, I don't no, mean that in should. a elitist way or um, in a bragging way. I meant that more like I mean. Because I love music so much, I've just don't like absorbed so much in information. Band. Put him on the non-com. You heard you me. Know, but know. also put Whitney in. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, so I think uh, I think Nine Inch Nails should be in the hall. I really think uh, they represent everything you would want 
in an inductee. And I think they're, they should have been in the first year they were eligible. I agree. We're, we're talking about a, a visionary artist who makes music that is both challenging, but he's able to make it... so It's able to be yeah. consumed on a mainstream level without compromise. And I think that, to me, is rock and roll, and yeah. that is a, the hallmark of a great artist. And I think he does great in every single category if yep. we're breaking trying to break it down like a math nerd objective yeah but i think it's everybody. cool i like i like your i like your yeah. category uh, the way that you uh, your rating system yeah so i think he should i don't think it's going to happen this year just because i think the people who would vote for nine inch nails might get skewed they might do the to depeche mode vote they might do the that's depeche also mode part vote. of it Craftwork and depeche mode were foundational on Is the road on the ballot again yes yeah <laughs> So I didn't even bring that up. Like I didn't. Yeah. How do you not? I we do this every really week. And in Motorhead, you know, forgot. like I mean, Nobody's I don't think Motorhead will get in, but I gotta admit that I love Lemmy. I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff yeah. there that I like. I mean, there's a lot of people I like. It's a it's a good year for for artists. Yeah. No and question. Even, even if you're look if. I think there Ace of Spades is like one of the coolest songs one ever. One of the most badass songs yes. there's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. But if you are looking at this ballot and you are trying to maybe have a sense of order as well, there are a lot of artists that Chronologically. came well, yeah. well before Nine Inch Nails. Right, so and you're see. talking about right there, Pat Benatar and you or know, B- people like Doobie Brothers, yeah. T-Rex. Dave yeah, Dave Matthews. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stop it. Yeah, right. Uh, so, I, you know, I think, I think absolutely Nine Inch Nails will get in and I think it will be within the next five years yeah. potentially even within the next two or three it I just will, seems I like mean, it's coming up I, I gotta be honest so with you close. I do have that same I, I gotta be honest I, I, I mean I, I wish I could will it to happen but mm-hmm. I think you both are right I think it, I think it may not be this be year but he way. deserves to be that's yeah. always yeah. so if, as long as he gets there in the next couple of years I will be a happy man yeah and I think it'll Speaking happen of yeah so but let's say let's say Nine Inch Nails gets inducted let's say they get inducted this year uh, we know which band members are getting inducted. It's just Trent. But here's a question. Who gives the speech to induct them? Well, I know. I mean, I'm pretty close Maybe to the, some of the people. <laughs> Maybe that, Matt? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, I wish, but I, I doubt it. They're yeah. going to find another artist. Yeah, it um, tends, tends to either yeah. be someone yeah. who inspired them or someone who was yeah. inspired by them. It's going to be interesting. You know what? I have not had that conversation but I have this conversation every year with the people that come up with those ideas. Oh, yeah. And I do. Yeah, like I'm close to some of the people that are on that, Ooh, to, to do the show and the nominated Jason. board. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I talk to them and, you know, I remember when they were saying we'd, we'd like to get Trent to, uh, not, uh, you know, to Dr. Cure. cure. Yeah. Who could do him? I, I mean, could could it be a, you know, even exchange? Robert Smith inducts him? No. I would I, be shocked if Robert Smith would No, Robert Smith would not do it, but um, I don't think so. But yeah. um, I mean, I mean, the one that Trent probably would have wanted was David Bowie. Yeah, because uh, they were. Oh, very, he would have done it, close. and it would have been very. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know something? Um, I was with Trent and Bowie during the rehearsals of that tour, um, mm-hmm. up in Connecticut when they did their first rehearsals for that tour. I, I've got quite a me- quite a memory of that whole experience because uh, I just met Bowie before they even announced that tour, and Bowie said to me like we were having dinner with some people, and Bowie goes. Hey, nobody knows yet, Matt, but I'm going on tour with Nine Inch Nails, and um, and I it's in my book. But he actually asked me, he goes, because we talked for such a long while. We he goes, uh, I'd love to know your ideas for songs that aren't singles that I could do for for this tour. So Bowie asked me for advice. Whoa, on tour. that's incredible. This is true, cool. and it, and it's and there were pe- there were lots of people there that have actually written about it at that dinner that have documented it's you know I mean I would never make this bullshit up because right. I can't you know because <laughs> I love Bowie and I but I also it was unbelievable almost surreal that you know 
even when the heathen came out he had me in his apartment and he was playing me tracks and he i mean the studio playing me tracks and wow. took, took me yeah. to dinner well after i lost my apartment in um you know in 9-11 my apartment i was like one of the only people that worked at sony uh, columbia records that was down lived like i lived two blocks from nine, uh ground zero my oh, daughter wow. my, my daughter my baby daughter at that time was supposed to be in the Battery Park daycare that was under all the rubble, but all the kids got out and they put them on a boat to Jersey City. Oh my god! The gosh. parents didn't know if they were alive god. or dead. My kid was supposed to be there that morning, except she had an earache, wow. so we kept her home. Oh my god! So like, it's so insane. But then, you know, we had a relocation apartment. I ran into Bowie. He goes, what are you doing right now? And I go, uh, I was just going to go home and hang out with my wife and kid. You know, we lost the apartment. He goes, come have dinner with me. And this was the second time we had dinner. <laughs> so I got in the town car with Bowie and we went to this place in Little Italy that he likes to go to. And we went out in the back. It was still not real. It wasn't that cold yet. So we went out in the garden. We ate there. Then a couple weeks later, I went in the studio. Mick Rock came in and, and you know, he's playing me the original version of Heathen. And then eventually he called my cell phone, which blew my mind. I'm standing at the Hit Factory and the phone rings and it's, I go, hello. He goes, Matt, David Bowie. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like looking at my phone. Like, oh, what the fuck? And, um, kill me now. And then he, yeah, and he vote. And I went over uh, to his place, and we sat there, two couches across from each other, and played me all the original version of Heathen and tracks oh, that he wasn't going to put on it. That God. his assistant Coco made him play for me. And then he like literally was pacing because I went, David, you got to put this on the record. He did mm -hmm. change. I mean, I, was, I don't want to take credit for the changes he made, but but you uh, were but there, all those things, but uh, so but uh, cool. but all those tracks actually did end up on the record. Three other tracks were switched out for three others. Wow. It's wow. pretty amazing. That's so incredible. And it's in my so book. There's, think, a, uh, there's a chapter in my book about Bowie. It's like the whole experience. It's pretty So do cool. we wow. think maybe like Iman will do the yeah, <laughs> yeah. speech? Get, uh, uh, yeah. Maybe Duncan, Coco? Duncan yeah. Duncan, hey, by the way, Duncan, guess who's working with Duncan now doing his soundtracks? Clint Mansell. So Clint, it all Whoa, comes back. Clint, he did Moon. Clint he did, and he's in the doing, studio. Clint, yeah, comes from Trent. Now he's working with Bowie's son. Now, when an artist is inducted, they play at the induction ceremony, usually like three or four songs. What songs do we think Nine Inch Nails would play? To me, it's actually kind of obvious. I think it would be Head Like a Hole. Yeah. It would be Closer. Yeah. Hurt, and then Hand That Feeds. I think that would, because yeah. you, you pick a few yeah. throughout yeah. Like 80s, 90s, 2000s. Absolutely. It gives a good idea of the arc. Hurt is the jam. Yeah. They do Hurt but, as the jam at the but end. Hurt, but it, even, though, even though Hurt is very much like a very... Sad and solemn mm -hmm. track. I think you know it's one of those just great tracks that has to be done. But I agree with you. I think you know, it's interesting what you said because you you covered my three favorite albums: Pretty Hate Machine, Downward Spiral, well. and With Teeth. And I think those are with the three most important. Yeah, I mean, people will people maybe talk about Fragile. Fragile. There's some people that love expression. Fragile. It, you know, it's a yeah. very artistic double album. Yeah, kind of thing. and there's some great tracks on mm -hmm. there. You know, here's my question. Yeah. You've never been to an induction ceremony, right? Oh, I have. I've you been have? to a few. I mean, I went to... It was like when Kid Rock inducted Leonard Skinner and... Um and it, it was, was uh, and, and it was Smith, Sabbath and Metallica. Blondie. Yeah, I was there for that whole okay. thing, and I was sitting really. And Blondie, it was really kind of awkward because of Frank yes. Infante wanted to play, and they weren't yeah, going to let said him. No, <laughs> and it was kind of that was that was kind of sad. It you know was, what I mean? Yeah, I felt I felt terrible for him. You know. Well, let me ask you this: oh, yeah. if if Nine Inch Nails gets inducted, would you go to the induction ceremony? Oh, I am going to go okay. because you know I'm going to go. If oh, if they go, I'm going to go. As long as Nine Inch Nails or Soundgarden get in this year, I'm going. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, um, you gotta go take your picture. Well, that's your... it. I'm gonna go <laughs> anyway. Used to see the museum. I need to go back and get my picture yeah. taken with, with my with the uh, with the sign you with do. my name. Yeah. So that's that's a so good I'm going. one too. That's a Would good you one be too. able to get yeah. us press passes? <laughs> <laughs> I should ask. We should ask. We intend on going. We're gonna go. Yeah. We'll go no matter what. You know, there, you know, the, you know guys. I mean, you'd be surprised. In which case the show's over. I want you to know that, like, 
yeah, I'll probably have to pay for my own ticket. Even if it's just like the Grammys, you know, I was on the board of governors of the Grammys in New York for two years, right? They, you still had to pay, pay to, to go to the thing, and I'm like. Then I'll watch it in New York, man. You know, like, like <laughs> no, whatever. Sure. I'm yeah. like, but no, but this is different because, I mean, I got I to gotta go there and see my sign on the wall. And more importantly, if Trent gets in, if Soundgrunt gets in, if any, I mean, I know it's a long shot, but I would so love to see T-Rex and Thin Lizzy get in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think T-Rex is a long shot. That's my point. Oh, you don't? Okay. he'll get in. Yeah, that might happen. I you think know? they appeal to... Lizzie, Lizzie might. I think Lizzie is going to take a little longer, probably. Lizzie, oh, yeah, that's, that is more of a long when shot. When they sweep yeah. out the 70s, Lizzie will get swept, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not gonna happening yet. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll go. We're yeah, going. we're going. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to hang out with you guys. I think we're yeah. all going. And I if you guys say, you know what? You know what we should do? We should all go to the rock hall together the day after or before yeah yeah even why you know? not i'm into it i will do it it's perfect yeah. well, maybe i'll finally get to watch the john landau <laughs> no the, the uh, uh john demi john demi yeah, yeah. oh great. yeah it's that's, not john. yeah yeah <laughs> well. Uh, well we're all going that's yeah. great and matt thank you for doing the podcast no it was I, such a pleasure I joe really it was great it. i love yeah. hanging out with you both you guys are this great this has been great so cool. this has been awesome this is awesome you know? and i want to give you the opportunity to plug whatever you've got going on or where people can follow you on social media yeah my social media is it's weird because yeah my book's called all these things that i've done and it's named after the song the killers wrote about Mm -hmm. me like brandon flowers wrote about me actually the night he met me he wrote Um, all these things that i have done about you yeah it is i did not know that wait i did not wait so i'll tell i'll tell the story if you guys want to hear but it's in my book you got sold but you're not a soldier that's what that's about is i was doing (laughs) an arc all right what yeah what's um what's what that's about is all right so i'm at columbia records and the u.s army reaches out to me and there are returning wounded soldiers from Iraq and Afghanistan that are coming back and they were doing a thing for them, the ones that were musicians. They were doing like a, a battle of the bands, a mentoring thing, and they asked me if I would come and talk to wounded soldiers. And I went to Colorado City, Colorado. They flew me to the U.S. Army there. And I went right from Colorado City, Colorado to Las Vegas and watched the Killers rehearse in their drummer, Ronnie Venucci's parents' garage. And they'd already had Mr. Brightside and Smile Like You Mean It on wow. top. Those mm-hmm. songs were already done. We had dinner that night, and then uh, Brandon said, uh, I, I go, hey, anybody want to drive me back to my hotel? And Brandon goes, I'll drive you back. So he had an old AMC car. He was still a bellhop. And he, uh, or bellhop, bellboy, mm-hmm. um, for a hotel. He had two cassettes, because he didn't have a CD player even yet at this point. And he had the Beatles' help and the Beatles' 6266. He looks at me and goes, which one do you want to hear? Because we had a few tricks. He goes, <laughs> I go help, so we put in help, and we're like it's like a 13 minute drive to my down the strip to my hotel, but we're singing help the, the mm-hmm. night before. You got to hide your love away, another girl, top of our lung, top of our lungs. We were having yeah. a great time, and he was psyched. And then we went in and we sat at the bar at the Las Vegas Hilton. I was going through a divorce, so I was kind of in, and we were talking about life and telling me, yeah, I'm in this kind of weird period right now, and explained to him about that whole thing that happened, doing that thing I came from, what I was doing with the soldiers. And he went home that night and he wrote, I got sold, but I'm not a soldier. My God. And that's where that's from. I and- cannot believe that that song is about you. I think that is very <laughs> yeah. cool. And I yeah. love that it is. song. That song's and a guys, great song too. When I, got out of the ho- well, when I got out of the hospital and they played the Alt Ego concert last uh, January at the Forum with Muse and Weezer and all those people, he got on stage and dedicated the song to me. Oh my god! My which was cool. You know, that he must said, have been an "Yeah, it, moment. It, it was very emotional because yeah. yeah. they were just because they were so glad I was alive." I remember yeah, seeing exactly. Tom Morello that night, and he just looked at me with this like, "He, I, I tell you, was there were people that were really truly upset about it." I mean, when Howard Stern saw the news story, he like because Baba Bowie on you know Howard Stern show sent me the audio. 
because uh-huh. I was still in the hospital. Right. And Howard Stern, like, literally, you can tell he was actually upset about it when, yeah. he, when he started talking wow. about it because he stopped, which was like, you know, because I worked with him at K-Rock for years and, you know, we always got on great and... Yeah, it was crazy. So that was so that's where that song is from. I can't yeah. believe that. I mean, guys, I love that. Guys, that's the truth. All these things what that I've done, story. it's it's a, it's a, it's it's actually documented. It's out there. It's in my book. Um, their managers talked about it, but you know, Brandon dedicated it to me. So you know, it's it is. It was written that night. That my is God. so Isn't that crazy? fucking yeah. cool, yeah. and I love it. <laughs> that's yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and people can find the these book. The so yeah, gems. it's called All These Things That I've Done. You can look. You, it's on Nook Kindle. It's on Books Wherever on CD, you Audible, books. and yeah. you, it's a hardcover uh, nonfiction, of course. Uh, you can order it anywhere. And then it's um, if you want to find me on social media, it's weird because other people are taking the Matt Pinfield thing. So I am. Oh, yeah. I am Matthew Pinfield on Facebook. I am. Matthew Pinfield on and not, where it says the real Matt Pinfield there's actual pictures of me but I don't have control over that site or the password so forget the real Matt Pinfield go to Matthew Pinfield on Instagram yeah okay and you'll know that's me because and then uh, it's also at Matt Pinfield Twitter so those are my social yeah, media at perfect, Matt Pinfield perfect. 420 you know yeah. the one. <laughs> 420 you know the one. Way too much uh, yeah um, and uh, you can <laughs> you can follow us at Rock Hall Pod on Twitter and Instagram rockhallpod at gmail.com if you want Kristen to read it you're going to have to designate that somewhere in your message subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts rate and review us five stars only if you're leaving a review oh my God. because of this episode why don't you say uh, Oh, that was off air, Dan. Oh, like right. Farm, uh, farm, farm club. club. Say, farm club. You know what? Say farm club anyway, okay. and then we'll explain it to you later. Thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Thank you to Yusuke Kim for the music. Thank you to Joy Divine for the equipment. And thank you to Chad Briggs and Dave Schilling for letting us record in the home that I share with them. And thank you, of course, to Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Studdard. who cares? About the rock hall. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. 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 It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. 
Pantheon.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.